0: You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The car feature. We are talking cars. Now, do you own a 4x4? Do you know what 4x4ing is all about? Do you know what overlanding is all about? We take your calls 11 Your SMS is 31702. Your tweets are at, at Radio 702 using the hashtag 702 Afternoons and the WhatsApp line 72 And we are joined by Paul Castle from Caravanning Promotions. Hi, Paul. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you, Lever How are you doing? I am
0: absolutely fantastic, and I'm so looking forward to this conversation because, to be honest, um, I don't think many people actually understand what 4x4ing four is about, so I'm so eager to learn. Let's talk about that. I think over the past, I don't know if it's 10 or 15 years or so, I'm just completely guesstimating, the roads suddenly became filled with 4x4s, four but not many people are actually using them F- to their full capabilities,
1: that is one hundred percent correct i think the I think the potholes in joburg have I've uh, <laughs> <have> seen, <laughs> seen an increase in four by four and vehicle purchases know um, throughout South Africa, but you are absolutely right. I mean, if I look at the amount of um, SUVs and four by fours dropping off kids during their normal school run, it is definitely on the increase
0: so um, l- let's yeah. talk about what a four by four actually is.
1: All right, so a 4x4 is a vehicle that uh, is able to rotate all four wheels either simultaneously or independently uh, when venturing off-road. And I use the term off-road loosely uh, because depending on your application, you are going to need those wheels to turn when you want them to. Yes. Um, If you are going to cross, for example, a riverine or a riverbed, um, you've got to imagine that your vehicle is going to be at uh, all sorts of obtuse angles up to 30 degrees. Mm. So you might, never, you might not often have four wheels touching a surface at one point in time. Um, you might have only two wheels touching, which is the front left and the rear right. Uh, so you've got to make sure that you have traction on those surfaces so that you can also move your momentum of your vehicle forward. Otherwise, you'll just tumble down the hill or roll over, which you don't want.
0: So, in essence, we're not talking about a steep hill in (laughs) Northcliffe. That's
1: not what we're talking about. No, we're not not talking about that. So, what's the difference between 4x4ing and overlanding? Um, if I can if I can separate those two. So a 4 x 4 is, you know, you get a bunch of mates together. You decide, all right, let's go hit a 4x4 four four trail and go up um, one of the mountains um, just to get away from, you know, the hustle and bustle of your daily life and to get out into the fresh air and, you know, enjoy your surroundings. So Africa, you know, and any sub-Saharan African country is so beautiful. Um, and we really do you know, as South Africans, we're always working to pay tax, we're working for our jobs, we're working for our mortgages. Mm. It's important to take take the time out of these busy, you know, compressed schedules and actually go out there and, you know, experience some of the wilderness and, you know, the landscape and the beauty that South Africa has. I mean, how many tourists, you know, come to South Africa from abroad to experience the beauty that is, you know, quite literally on our doorstep, which, you know, we don't even take advantage of.
0: Yes, so, yes.
1: That being the key difference between 4 by 4 and overlanding, whereas overlanding is more for a prolonged period of time um, where you take your wife, your kids, and you head off to the bush, you know, into the great unknown, just to, to find your, uh, to get away from, you know, I can't say humanity, but to get away from the, the population just just to go out into the nature and be yourself mm, mm, mm.
0: okay, so um, just to come back to the four by four, in case you know somebody 's sitting with a vehicle and wondering oh okay i i was buying this but i'm not sure it actually is a 4x4 four four. what are the key markers i mean you've already mentioned about being able to control you know the four tires for if two are balancing at a time whatever the case may be but what are the other features of an actual 4x4 four four that can do the overlanding and 4x4ing four um so for 4x4ing you
1: are definitely going to need something called low range and you are absolutely going to need something called a diff lock, um, which if I can explain it to you like this, uh, the diff lock uh, forces all wheels to spin at the same speed, regardless of traction. Uh, this is helpful if you encounter difficult terrain um, or one or more wheels leave the ground. As full power remains on the other wheels, ensuring that you're still moving in your direction of travel.
0: Mm, mm, mm. And the first one that you mentioned...
1: Um, so, low range? Um, yes. So, low range is, you'll use your low range to get you through soft sand, um, over sand dunes, up very steep hills, and uh, also on the declines as well. Uh, you can use it during, uh, you know, deep mud or snow, uh, and it helps you drive over rocks. Um, what low range is, it's the lower gearing also gives your 4x4 your vehicle better engine braking, um, which helps you progress uh, down certain sections. So in essence, what low range is, is it allows your car, um, it allows the clutch and the accelerator not to be so sensitive (laughs) uh, when you do need to overcome, you know, big obstacles in the road ahead of you.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I understand exactly what it is that you're saying. What about things like tow bars um, and, and the bars in front of the vehicle?
1: All right. So... Yeah, look, you will see some people do attach tow bars to the front of their vehicles, their four-by-fours. Um, they do this predominantly for launching boats into the sea, um, whereas you've, uh, you've, you've got to have nerves of steel, for starters. I don't do that. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't have the nerves for it. But when you put the boat to the front of your car, you're able to easily see the direction that you're going in, and you're also able to navigate the, navigate the surf that you can make sure that, you know, you get your boat into the deeper part of the water before you slam it into reverse, before the, the sea quickly claims your 4 by 4 Yes, um,
0: yes. Those
1: are, those, are most, those are the reasons why most people put a tow bar to the front of their, their vehicle. Having a tow bar fitted to the rear of your vehicle is if you also, you know, you have your heart set on overlanding, but you don't enjoy the rooftop tent uh, camping lifestyle. When you go into the bush, you know, a lot of people, what they do, the the, the most cost-effective, you know, route to overlanding is to fit your vehicle with a roof uh, roof rack and put a, an RTT, which stands for rooftop tent, on top of your vehicle. Mm. Uh, this allows you to stay off the ground, obviously, uh, at high places, you know, it keeps you out of... Uh, it keeps you out of danger if there are, you know, wild kudu in the middle of the night, you know, uh, those sorts of animals that be lurking around looking for things to snack, uh, including you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. But, yeah, so overlanding can be also off-road caravanning. Um, but most of the overlanders, they are fairly young throughout South Africa, um, and you don't really need much. I think your your entry price to get into overlanding is probably sitting at about 120,000 rands worth of extras after you've bought your base vehicle
0: so let's talk about the lifestyle i mean you already touched on the fact that maybe if you want to just get out of job work for a bit or the ones that want to do something that's um a lot longer what what is the lifestyle about i mean are there clubs that people are a part of where they go you know and drive on mountainsides or with crazy terrain where the normal car would never be able to go
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, there are many clubs. I'd say that there were definitely more 4 by 4 clubs than there were, <laughs> than there are um, provincial rugby teams. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: And uh, they are as fierce as them to boot. Um, Joburg's got a great couple of clubs. Um, they've got the Toyota Club uh, up in Joburg. You've also got the Ford Club. You've got the Land River Club. Um, yeah, you've got Toyota Holics as well. Uh, and what this is, is you'll see that. Birds of a feather often flock together. So in a Toyota club, it'll be, Toyota makes the models of all different sizes, from the FJ Cruiser to a Prado um, to a LC200 series. And what they'll do is they'll spend their time, and they have a great lifestyle, they'll spend their time going through trails all up in Houting and nearby. And what they'll do is they'll put themselves through the tests. So part of overlanding and where it overlaps with 4x4ing four is 4x4ing four is just taking your mates up a mountain, you know, to enjoy some of the scenery. Whereas overlanding is normally a prolonged period of time. Mm. So when the guys, before they go overlanding, look, some of these guys go to the bush for sort of, you know, three to four weeks. It's a long time. So you've got to sharpen your skills uh, and your recovery skills specifically. Because what might get you out of soft sand today, might not get you out of deep mud tomorrow. Yes. Um, and it's by joining these clubs that, you know, the youth of today, you know, sons can actually join in with their fathers to learn about, you know, this great lifestyle. Um, and it really does benefit them when they, for example, they're in the Okavango, you know, and. One of the things, one of the tips that I would say is just make sure you can always walk across the river before you decide to drive across a river.
0: Yes. Because yes. The, minute
1: the, the minute the bonnet of your car gets submerged, you need to know that your wheels are still going to have traction to get you out the other side before you kiss your vehicle goodbye.
0: Mm-mm. All right, we're going to take everybody's calls 11 a three zero seven zero two In the WhatsApp line 72 We're talking in our car feature today 4 by 4 and overlanding Maybe you're part of this lifestyle Give us a call and let us know what your experience is all about Or you're just sitting with a car That can do all these amazing things You have not tried out So when we come back, we continue with Paul Castle From Caravanning Promotion 702 The Car Feature we are talking four by fouring and over landing and we're taking your WhatsApps on O seven two seven oh two one seven oh two as well as your calls on O double one double eight three oh seven oh two. And we're speaking to Paul Castle from Caravanning Promotion. So Paul, in terms of I mean, you speak about all these wonderful things that these vehicles can do. Let's talk about the, the actual skills and techniques that are Required, because some of the things you were describing really sound like a science. You got to be quite calculated with what you do if you know that at some point you might only be on two of your wheels at a time.
1: That is correct. Well, I think um, one of the most important things about uh, that I've learned over landing is that (laughs) uh, common sense can't be taught. Um, (laughs) Recovery equipment shouldn't. (laughs) Yes, it literally can't. No, it can't. Uh, and recovery equipment should only be used when you have the certification um, and you know how to use each of those equipments. I've seen, um, I have seen, unfortunately, I have seen some injuries uh, in my time where people that they have the right equipment, they just don't know how to use it. It's a user application. For example, when, you, when your vehicle is bogged down into the sand um, and you haven't deflated your, your tires to 1.8 bar, and you've attached your winch towards the base of the tree. And now you start to winch your car out of that sand because you want to free it. Uh, What I've seen happen is the driver gets behind the the wheel of the vehicle, and then he just gives it as much acceleration as possible Mm. um, while using the winch as well. And what actually happens, I've seen it happen, is that the winch actually snaps off uh, because it's so much pressure, you know, if you take the, the weight of the vehicle, you know, let's say four to one and a half tons, maybe even two tons, depending on what you've kitted your your four-by-four four out with, um, and you're trying to force that car to go up a hill for which it doesn't want to move, Yes, that that strap on that winch is only certified to to so much pressure. Uh, and if you haven't done your basics right, that winch rope is going to snap and it's going to come probably about 150 kilometers an hour screen back at you with the with the clasp at the end of it. I mean, I've seen it go through windows. I've seen it go through uh, car bonnets. I've seen it, yeah, it it does do real damage. So you actually have to know how to use the equipment before venturing um, out into the great unknown. And that's why we recommend, you know, you join one of the clubs. uh, And if you really wanna get into this lifestyle and to know how to use your vehicle to its fullest capabilities, I would definitely say, um, you know, join one of the 414 trainings. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: we have loads on our websites um, for people who wanted to go there. Uh, it's sa coza. They can go and register. They can see a whole bunch of training centers around South Africa to help them get the, the experience and the knowledge they need so that they can have a safe trip, you know, uh, into the great unknown. All right. We've
0: got a call from Ronald okay. in Northcliffe. Hi, Ronald.
1: Yes, good day. Thank you. Thank um, you. My question is along the lines of your last answer. In July, um, we'll be three couples traveling to visit the Kaldum area in Namibia. I'll be renting our vehicle in Vintuk, uh, 4x4, appropriate with all the bells and whistles for the trip, but I've never done a 4x4 trip of this nature. Do I need training uh, before the time, or can I venture off and safely do this trip? All right, first of all, thanks very much for that question. I'm glad you asked, and I'm glad I'm on one of these platforms where I can actually share the answer with everyone else. Um, I would say absolutely. Um, I would definitely register uh, somewhere close to yourself to get some 4x4 training, to, just so that you know how to use the the equipment that is there. Um, overlanding is not about going 140 kilometers an hour over you know uh, rough roads. It's about how to navigate yourself safely to your destination. Um, there are some online courses that, uh, that you can do, but in my experience, it's best if you, if you are out in the field, spend the day there with one of these guys. Let them show you the basics. We have uh, some YouTube series on our YouTube channel which actually goes through how to use shackles, how to use your recovery gear, how to use your winch. You know, what thing, What are the type of things you need to look out for, you know, when your vehicle does get stuck? Especially if you're running low on fuel, the sun's getting low, you know, those sorts of things do work against you. So to have the experience of what to do in a, in a situation, um, you will be much better off than somebody who is not prepared.
0: All right. Thank you. All the best on your trip there, Ronald. Sammy in Pretoria North. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Thanks. And you?
1: All right, man. And I like this topic. And thanks for me coming in. I'm driving two by four for Ranger. Mm. So I, I once uh, just uh, after the rain, there was a muddy. Then I just went there just to explore a little bit, so that before I go to bushes, I can know the capability of the of the four by two. But uh, I tried the diff lock and then. Hey, I wrestled with that much even to come out. I was a little bit uh, disappointed. But I don't know maybe if he can explain further about also two by four so that we can know what can what 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 it can do and what it cannot do.
0: Mm, Thank you. Mm, that's a good question. Thank you so much, Sammy Petroi North.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. So yeah, Sammy, just like you've uh, just like you've explained, so you get four by fours and you get four by twos. The difference between a 4x4 and a 4x2 is that with a 4x4, you're able to get all wheels um, turning independently. With a 4x4, you can only set two of those to turn independently, which is the difference between a rear-wheel drive and a front-wheel drive car. So in a 4x2, just like you said, when you are going through those rivers, you weren't getting good traction. That's because all four wheels weren't turning at the same time, uh, gripping the road only two of those wheels were. So you're not getting as much uh, traction as would be necessary to get you through that river.
0: And I think um, it, it does help for us to you know. Just a quick question regarding SUVs, right? Do they have any capabilities for the things we're
1: talking about? Um, some of them do and some of them don't. Uh, it's hard to put them into, into a box. But if I can explain it to you, perhaps with the, the grading system of four-by-four four trails. So all trails, all four-by-four four trails in South Africa are either graded one to five. Mm. Um, so you've got your grade one trail, which is a very easy trail. Um, it would be no different than, you you know, walking up the side of a mountain.
0: Yes,
1: Your grade one trails are very easy, and those are for four-by-four four novices or four-by-fours or four-by-twos, sorry, with differential lock. Yes. And what the differential lock does, you know, it's, it enables forces on the wheels to spin at the same speed, regardless of traction. So your grade one is an easy trail. You can take some SUVs, but you're probably going to damage your, your SUV. Yes, um, yes. 4x4s, four, four when you purchase them, um, they are OEM. They are standard class. You know, they are made for most on-road users it's only after you've done um, aftermarket accessories and upgrades to your vehicle that it is actually properly prepared, you know, to go over over landing. I mean, you can't take a soccer player and give him a rugby ball and say, okay, now you're a rugby player and he gets tackled, he's going to break his arms and legs.
0: Yes, (laughs) yes. So in essence, once you have bought your 4 by 4 before going to do anything is to go and get the necessary upgrades for um, um, uh, if you want to be a part of the lifestyle.
1: Yes, but uh, even before that, like uh, your first caller of the show, um, he's already booked his vehicle. He's going to Namibia. I'm slightly jealous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yes, there again, I would send him to a four x four academy or to get some four by four training yes. um, before he does so. So, look, most of the costs uh, for being aftermarket after you buy your four x four could run you into a hundred thousand rand very, very easy and very, very quickly. Yes. Um, First, you need to know if it's applicable. For example, your second caller that called in, he only had a 4x2, which is fine for just your regular, you know, going on gravel. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend someone taking a 4x2 and saying, okay, let's go to the Occamango Delta, <laughs> you know, where we know that the difference between your departure and your arrival angle is, is going to be too great for your, your vehicle to get enough traction to actually get you to the destination. Because some of these towns are, you know, 60, 70 kilometers apart. You don't want to be stuck 35 kilometers out of a town where you can't move. You've got no radio signal and there is no Wi-Fi or Internet that you could just call a buddy for help.
0: Yes, yes. I got what you mean. Listen, this has been so, so fascinating. Thank you so much for talking to us about 4x4ing four and overlanding. Paul Castle from Caravanning Promotion.